Welcome, everyone, to the Sigos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of July 18th, 2023. I can't help but open every time we do this in the summer, but goddamn, it was hot today, guys. I got up to like 109, feels like 118. Gross. I will say that I don't have any puns tonight. Thank you. I'm going to open up with that. You're saying that like it's a bad thing. Well, because someone said you can have puns. You must have puns. I, but I thought I don't you said puns. you didn't have puns. All right. I don't know. What you, I don't know what you're talking about. Joey, I just have Joey weird has pronunciations. Turned off his camera and he's left the building. <laughs> just out of anger. I'm out already. Well, I don't. I don't want to be. You know, have to go off to the army because Boo. I have such bad puns. Jail. It's not even Independence Day. It's not even Independence Day. I do have. I do have one. One pun to make. Okay. I do, I do have one. Yeah, just one. Besides the other ones I, you've I, already made. I'll, I will say I, I was working with Dame Judy Jones today. Uh-oh. We were talking about pitches and she goes, oh, I'm going to sing me. I was like, no, that's not what you sing. She goes, is it Ray? I go, not Ray Dame. Not Ray Dame, Notre Dame. Oh, jeez. Okay. I only had four tonight. That was just, That's just my, the independence. I had to get that out of my system. How's oh. everyone doing? Everyone feeling good? Fit Girl, how are you? I was better before that. Glad I could make your days just a little more painful. <laughs> She's gonna make everybody t- tune out. Like, we right, do have right a away. special guest tonight. We do have a special guest tonight from Feeder Mascot Podcast. We have Jeff. Jeff, how are you, sir? I am great. Arsenal just won the MLS Skills Challenge. All right, come on, you Gunners. Glad they can win something. <clears throat> Says the Tottenham fan. Kamish, how are you, sir? I'm great. Uh, I have I've made a lot of headway on the fajitas, the leftover fajitas that I had. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's getting close to like it may not be he- smart enough to keep eating these fajitas anymore. So I, I think we've approached the last day Maximum or so of refrigeration. Fajita. So the point of no fajita return. So are you? Is, are you? Is he done with the puns yet? Yes, he, he is. is done with. No, the puns. I'm done. Okay. I had four. So, so Kamish, I had the question. I forgot to ask you this: steak or chicken? Beef or chicken? Who are you? What, what's your? What do you mean? Like for fajitas? fajitas? My preference is actually shrimp. Just being the the Cajun man, making my own shrimp fajitas. Yeah, I, I I'm steak. So it's steak then chicken. But shrimp is, is number one for me. I'll add a fourth party in here. If if given the possibility, I will go with uh, Carnitas. Oh. Whoa. Okay, everyone, everyone chill the fuck out. We are just making shit up at this point. Fajitas <laughs> are skirt steak. It comes from part of a cow. Okay, okay. There is no skirt on a chicken. There is no skirt on a shrimp. There is no skirt on you a... You can put a skirt on a pig. You could. You could. Who are we to tell these animals what clothing they can and cannot wear? I would also not be surprised if some butcher has made a pork skirt steak. But fajitas are specifically this thing. And we've, we have gotten to this world. Hey, guys, let's talk about what a fajita really is and isn't, okay? This is my this is my line. Cannibals is leaking containment again. It's fine. <laughs> no, because I, I haven't covered them in Gatorade. <laughs> <laughs> this foreigner here is... This, I didn't know this was even an argument about fajita authenticity. I thought it was just like another dish that has the same sort of Mexican ingredients. So fajitas specifically traditionally, I promise I won't go long on this, is is skirt steak. It's traditionally a very bad cut because it's it's very like chewy. You have to cook it very high and very fast so that the outside gets cooked like charred and the inside is still tender. And so you cook it at like 600, 700 degrees, enough that I usually lose my arm hair when I cook it. And you have, you have to cut it against the grain because if you cut it with the grain, you literally will not be able to chew the thing. 
But that's traditionally what a fajita is. But we have bastardized it in this world. Oh. Words don't mean anything anymore in this world, okay, guys? Words aren't real. I didn't. I mean, I, I, I'll tell you for sure. This is the first I've ever heard of this. I've learned. I'm learning a thing today. There you go. See? That's what we do on the Psycho podcast. We learn things. We're educational. The more you know. Jordan, when you upload this, can you make sure it has the educational tag on it? I'm. It, we probably could become, like, the number one educational podcast <laughs> on, on fajitas. Food, food handling. Say food, food, food handling with the Sickos Committee. That right there. The Sickos Committee teaches serve safe. Just take a look in the Discord. You said shrimp doesn't have a skirt. I disagree. <laughs> okay. That I, I know that this is a mock-up. Like this woman did not actually wear a wrap skirt that says shrimply the best with a shrimp on it. But Point I still order, feel bad for this woman. This is a pencil skirt, but continue. I still feel bad for this woman. <laughs> I do appreciate that, like, it's folded up in a, this is clearly photoshopped. Oh, even better. See, there you go. <laughs> now she's wearing just a skirt of shrimp. <laughs> Every woman needs. Put it in the store, guys. The Wait, shrimp skirt. Can we bevel the, sh- the shrimp skirt? Let's get into some stuff that we need to talk about first. Hey, Jeremy Pruitt, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up as fast as you can. I'm not even going to say what he said. Because it's not important. It's it just also incredibly to... stupid. Oh, like like beyond beyond just casually racist. He's saving lives, Jordan. But Don't you understand? Incredibly stupid. Jerry Pruitt, shut the fuck up. Take your show cause. Go away. Every was... time he does something, I, I, I'm just reminded of the picture I just put in the Discord. Every single oh, yeah. time. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I, I'm committing to Tennessee after they handed me and then I go to get my my bag money, and they hand it to me in a Tim Hortons bag, and I look at him with a side eye. Is that is that how you become a bag man for Canadian football? You show up with a bag of Timbits and some loonies in there? So, so that's the thing. You can't because Timbits come in boxes. Oh. Okay, but you get the Timbit box, and you pick it up, and it jingles because there's a bunch jingles of change in it? There's loonies in it, yeah. I, I'm imagining opening it up, and it's the Pulp Fiction uh, briefcase. <laughs> yes. I do want to talk now about... The Mountain West and San Diego State. They were split apart. Now they're back together. Then the Mountain West said, hey, you owe us money. We're coming on media days at this point, where usually by this time they have figured these things out. And all they've said is basically Mountain West is still in. We're not going to say anything. I I mean, I just want to point out while we just briefly talked about Canadian college football, what a bad time for Simon Fraser to shut down because they could have been the Quebec City to this. They could have been the Las Vegas to this. The hey, si- San Diego State, if you don't get their shit together, we're gonna bring in Simon Fraser, mm-hmm. my Canadian girlfriend that you've definitely never heard of. Exactly, <laughs> my my girlfriend Simon Fraser. Sure, Simon Fraser. Sure, you played in Texas last year. We all believe you. We all saw it. Uh huh. Sure, Lone Star. Conference. Many are saying Vancouver is the San Diego of Canada. Now I might. I'm okay with this. That comparison I like. Oh, so it's really flattering to both. Both are great cities. Yes. Also, also Simon Fraser isn't quite in Vancouver, so it's like it's like it's in Burnaby. It's like it's like the Pullman of of BC, right? Oh, good. We are now we it's, are now getting so no, far into this analogy. It's it's, no, it's it's more like the uh, keep going. It's like the Anaheim to LA's and to LA. Vancouver. Does that make sense? So Simon Fraser's Disneyland. Got it. Okay. I got (laughs) it. We're good. I still think that San Diego State's going to end up paying something. I think they said legal fees at this point. Mm -hmm. Yes. They're going to pay legal fees, whatever the Mountain West paid to force force the contract. 
or whatever it was. Many, many billable hours. I have, hours when? I guess from Pete Thamel indicated that the Mountain West has informed San Diego State that they are a member in good standing. Like, Ooh. Ooh. Yes, as Ooh. Yahoo Sports reported. This includes a release of the $6.6 million that has been withheld from San Diego State. After San Diego State's muddled notice of their intent to withdraw, San Diego State will be charged a small fee for the Mountains West, Mountain West's legal services. A small fee. They got $6.6 million back, basically, that, that was withheld. So I think the small fee, legal fees, you know, billable hours are undefeated, of course. Why didn't I go to law school? I, I'm so stupid. You know, law school is a, miser- is a miserable place for miserable people. <laughs> hey, Pick Girl, I did just drop in the chat two images. One is the how many Google windows I have currently open. Oh, and no. the next one down is how many tabs <laughs> I have in one of those windows. Oh, I didn't need to see this. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. I think that's, wait, hold up. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 Google windows. And in that one tab, like I, one window, I just, I can't count the tabs. One of these days, your computer is just going to spontaneously combust during the podcast. It already has. And he still does it. I mean, like actual flames. Like we're going to have to call the fire department remotely because we'll be able to see the flames shooting up in the background. I assume that my computer is going to join SAG and the Writers Guild on strike and just refuse until conditions are better. Computer goes I mean, computer Valhalla very dramatically. By the end of podcasts, you always kind of look a little sweaty. And I, I, I'm i not sure whether it's that you're working very hard to podcast or that your computer is toasting. It gets very hot in here. <laughs> it's almost like you have too many tabs open, Jordan. Almost like it is. Do you have two separate Twitters open? From what I can oh, tell. I should, probably, I should probably close some of those. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter, <laughs> that happens Twitter's a lot. Not very well optimized anymore. No. That happens a lot. Like I'll just open Twitter I up can, in multiple like. Commission. I count three because there's the two browsers and then in the tab of the Argonaut. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Has there it is. All right. There was the third one. I did not see that. Okay. Cool. Let me close some of those down. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for shouting that out. <laughs> so the next thing I want to talk about is that first off, I think it was Pit Girl who made a beautiful observation today, or maybe it was Kamish. That while everyone is talking about SEC media days on Twitter and hanging on every word that Kirby says and things like that, we have been posting 1984 Mississippi Valley State promoing the Syracuse Pitt Yankee Stadium game like crazy. More pinstripes. All the pinstripes. I beg you Sy- to not. Syracuse fans really love the OB helmet, by the way. Yeah, the OB, the OB helmet, helmet actually is great. Nice. One, one Syracuse fan, uh, the one that runs the uh, SB Nation blog, mm-hmm. he, he, he wants a helmet that just says Q's in script. I can do that. So yeah. that, that, that is one thing he's, he's requesting. Okay. Which... But everyone else is covering SEC Media Days. I think we joke that we don't know what we're doing. I think, Pickerel, you're correct. We know exactly what we're doing. <laughs> we're counter-programming. It's like the puppy bowl. Yeah. We are just having our own fun. Now, the problem is that SEC Media Days is going to be in Dallas next year. Mm. I'm going to be adjacent. See, us us crashing SEC Media Days is also on brand, though. We show I, up and literally we... Literally crashing. I mean, like, we show up and we, like, raise our hands and we're, we ask about food crimes or something completely incongruous. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, South Carolina brought a punter. I think we just talked to the punter the whole time. Also that. Oh, we yeah. we do photo shoots. We'll bring we'll bring oh, yeah. camera. We'll, oh, yeah, the whole thing. Totally. Hey, Shane, scoot over. We got to get the punter. That's right. <laughs> also, shout out to the folks at SSC Meteor Days. We were there in spirit. Some of our stickers have snuck in on laptops. 
which I love seeing. I'll never get tired of seeing our shit in the best places. Southland Conference headquarters, there. Yeah. SEC Media Days, there. I, I love this stuff. So, like, if you purchase any of our merchandise, tweet at us like, you know, many of our followers do. And, you know, we're, we're probably going to just thank you for, for purchasing it and, and probably retweet the merchandise that you bought from us. Because, again, this is still kind of unbelievable that we're doing this. So anybody buying it from us, it's it's mm-hmm. still absolutely amazing and, and really unthinkable in, in our heads. We accidentally got clout. And if you buy something from us, we'll share some of that clout with you. Exactly. Clout? What is clout? <laughs> what the fuck is clout? Is that a Canadian flute? I think so. Wait, did I say it? It's clamato and flute. There? There you go. It's, no, it's when you put cl- you didn't say clute. They're like over exaggerating it. But yes, you sound very Canadian when you say that word. Sure. It's, it's when you put I, a motto and a flute is a clute. <laughs> Jordan, I, it hurts. It hurts. I'll have to, I'll have to listen. Can I tell you right now? Mm-hmm. I didn't even catch that he was making fun of me for a solid like 30 seconds there because I didn't know I said it like that. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, he's just going off on some sort of Jordan tangent. Nope. I don't know. I'm harassing the Canadian. Also, speaking of other media days things the pack 12 media day is coming up mm-hmm. and of course they are going to do things like announce their media deal right it media is the media day. day right that's what you do wait media I'm, day for the media i'm I hold up i'm being told i'm being told that there is still no media deal but some very interesting people have come to the table that were not at the table six months ago it's the cw coast so to coast Liv, baby acc pack 12 Okay, but consider, yes. Oh, oh, the actual yes. Okay, yes. <laughs> I did not mean that, but not, that would be not, not, yeah, yeah. What if we got them on Bravo? I feel like the Bravo crowd might like this. Ooh. I made this uh, take, I think, on Sickos on Ice the other day. I feel like the reality TV crowd is really missing out by not getting into sports. Yeah. That and Stan culture, not really missing out, not getting into sports. I was There's a YouTuber I watch. Casey Casey Aonzo, another Canadian, uh, who follows a lot of like like Stan culture sort of things, and every time I watch like talk, her talking about some like deranged One Direction fan, I was like, man, they would be so at home on the A and M blogs mm-hmm. on the A and M message mm-hmm. boards. I mean, so so Bravo, I, I think the Pac twelve in particular is very suited to be on the reality TV channel, right? Like Pac twelve After Dark goes perfectly with Real Housewives of Orange County. There's mm-hmm. that. I also do think this is like a legendary Tumblr post, but I think it is also true. Like sports are just reality TV, TV for heavy air quotes here for men. Yeah, mm-hmm. Holly Anderson are not wrong. For men. Right, you're right. And Buckeye I think Guy that... is the original Stan. Don't at me. Buckeye Guy at a K-pop concert. <laughs> well, I do think we need to get dive do a deep dive into some media stuff. You know, we do have I don't know. We got SEC coming up. We do have. Big Ten, all the conferences that are really important. So, I mean, you know, did you hear what Eli Drinkwitz said? I mean, it was just absolutely just crazy what he said. Um, I've got a conference yeah. that we can discuss. Hmm. What about CONCACAF? This is better. That, that, yeah, I like this. Yeah. Mm. In, in fact, isn't the there... The C in CONCACAF stands for conference. It does. Isn't there, isn't there this actual sporting event going on that is all about the world and we don't have to listen to 14 dudes talk about what they're going to do in five months and how one of them is going to take his millions and give the keys of his nice car to Bobby Petrino. Well, we don't know. Nobody will sure, to but... listen to Lexi Lawless. 
uh, that actually you know what never mind fuck that i'd, r- I'd rather listen to <laughs> or, fucking... in, or 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 in spanish I'd, you can I, listen to I, spanish i'll do spanish because i would rather listen to fucking jimbo fisher than lexi lawless most of the time we did bring jeff on tonight to do a women's world cup preview with us because i i think compa- com- combined we all know a little bit to a moderate amount but a preview would definitely help us out and i figure that if you're listening to this podcast you're definitely at the point where you're like, if I have to listen to someone ask Nick Saban if he's tarnishing his legacy yet again. An actual question that was asked on the goddamn Feinbaum show. What? Yes. Oh, yeah. Feinbaum show question. Is Nick Saban tarnishing his legacy if he has another... If he doesn't make this college football playoff, will he tarnish his legacy of, of, you know... We're getting sucked in. We need to stop. No, Let's talk about something good and wonderful. I want to fly my butt all the way to New Zealand right now. Me let's, too. Let's go. Let's go. New Zealand would like you to yes. fly your butt over to New Zealand because they can't sell tickets in New Zealand. They have a problem of Australia. They don't have enough seats for people. New Zealand, they somehow can't sell tickets. Yeah. What's, what's the fun? What's the fun fact that Canberra and what's the New Zealand capital? Wellington. Help me. Auckland Wellington. or Wellington? Uh, I uh. Auckland. I think it's Auckland, yeah. No, it is Wellington. I'm sorry. Wellington. Wellington. Oh. The city. They, they, are the, they are the two most remote capitals, and the closest other capital to them are each other. Yes. So New Zealand yes. is in the middle of nowhere, and it gets left off maps. There's a whole great subreddit about maps without New Zealand. I did see a good... Uh, so TSN earlier today actually had a big uh, Women's World Cup show on, and they did have one fun fact that I found interesting was within the last decade, that one stadium in Wellington has hosted the uh, Rugby World Cup, the Cricket World Cup, and now the Women's Soccer World Cup. Hmm. Like, New Zealand is a sporting culture. They there's they are a sporting people. They love... Yeah, it's that there's not enough New Zealanders. I, like, that's the only thing I can think of, is that there's only, like, yes. 3.5 million New Zealanders. There's just not enough people. That That is the issue, is there, there aren't that many people. The times of day get a little bit funky, because you need to both have events that are at a normal time of day in New Zealand, as well as that you can put on television in Europe and the Americas. Yeah, that Portugal-US um, game, I I don't know if I'm going to make 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. That's why you have Zoomers on the team. Yeah. Well, we brought we brought Jeff on to give us sort of a top-down rundown, a little bit of each group, the teams that are going this year, and just the vibe of the World Cup. So, Jeff, take it, man. Yeah, so this is the first Women's World Cup with 32 teams, which means there are... Eight nations making their debut. The Philippines, Vietnam, Morocco, Zambia, Haiti, Panama, Portugal, and Ireland. Some of them were directly through the confederations and some of them were through a uh, intercontinental playoff. So they started doing the same thing that the men's do now, except they're not going to do it next time because they'll just be 40,000 teams in the World Cup. Got it. Which was a similar dynamic. It's awesome. I mean, I am really looking forward to see a lot of these countries that haven't been to the world cup and have players that are the best players in, in their nations and will have fans that are passionate showing themselves showing. I'm very much looking forward to everyone remembering why we, why we don't do three team groups in world cups. Dijon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Watching Germany and Austria just fuck around for, <laughs> for 90 minutes. I just like that when they make the March or when they make the World Cup bigger, it starts to gain like the March Madness vibe where you have the St. Peter's of the world who are just super happy to be here. But also sometimes they do the thing. Give me more of that, please. It's super fun. Oh, there are going to be some countries that might do that. Yes. Excellent. Tell Um, me who to root for. 
I'm going to start going going through the groups. One thing to note, a lot of countries have had issues between federations and players in terms of adequately funding programs, adequately funding coaching staffs, um, accommodations, pair play. So there will be some of that mentioned, and it's unfortunate. It's a lot more people should respect the women's game than they do. But unfortunately, that's where we are in the world. So there are some interesting shenanigans that have come up with that, like Canada not having any money. To, for anything except for suits for executives. Gotcha. I, Canada I, I, soccer business is wild, boiling man. this down to content warning, patriarchy, and also international soccer being the way that it is. Oh yeah. I if we have time later, I can go in when we get to Canada. I can go into a little bit about what's going on with that organization, but it's it's nuts. Should be good. I yeah. I just looked up something. I was just curious on how long it would take me to fly from San Antonio, where I'm at. To Wellington, New Zealand. Oh, like twenty-four hours. Twenty-six hours and fifty-six minutes with two stops. Yeah, that and, is. Uh, we are not antipodal, but we're pretty damn close. Yeah. Where do you, where do you stop, Commission? So, so where, the cheapest flight uh, is is about twenty-three hundred dollars. I would go from San Antonio to Houston, and then Houston to Auckland, and then Auckland to Wellington. Two short hops, then one long. Yeah, hop. we had two short hops. Uh, one I'm in the middle. honestly impressed that there's a direct flight from Houston to Auckland. I need a Wendover Productions video about that specific route. Yeah, tell, that, me, that's tell me the kind of plane, Sam. I want another plane. Tell me how there's enough demand for that route, Sam. Is that a skinny route, know. Sam? Tell me about the skinny route, Sam. Okay, let's go through our groups and see what we got. Group A, we've got New Zealand, one of the hosts. Norway, the Philippines, and Switzerland. New Zealand is... Is a regular on the World Cup stage. They're uh, regular playing the U.S. in friendlies. You'd think, oh, that might mean they're good. Well, not at the moment. They're coming into this World Cup 1-1-7 one, one, in 2023. Wait, wait. Hold on. New- hold on. You said 1-1-7. One, one, so that's one win, one loss, and seven draws? <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. It's it's uh, one win, one draw, seven losses. He had a, he lost way. seven okay. games this year. I've been looking at American football in the past. Lately, I was like, oh my God, that's a lot of times. New Zealand has home field advantage and nothing else. The Philippines is also building their entire squad on members of the diaspora. Um, So there are really only a couple of players that are actually based in the Philippines. Most are from elsewhere. A lot of effort, including within the past month or so, has been getting talented players that are in the diaspora passports um, and getting them into the team squad. The Philippine... Uh, government started being relatively skeptical and have are now completely on board with the let's get all of these people with parents and grandparents who are Filipino passports. Let's get them playing. So they are a real wild card because they're really being built as a team while they're flying over. Fun. This is this seems like a group that like because women's soccer, especially maybe not so much this year, but in the past, you know, who's winning each group. Uh, this year, it's not quite as much of a case, but this group in particular, I have no idea who's getting out of this group. Yeah, this one, this one's fun. So just with their rankings, I guess we'll, we'll read them off for the next group. But New Zealand is, is 26th in the rankings, in the FIFA rankings. Is that is that correct? Yes. All right. Norway yeah, is 12th. The, the Philippines is 46th. And Switzerland is 20th. I really have no idea is it going to come out of group A. Group B is relatively similar. So uh, 10th in the world, Australia. 22nd in the world, Ireland. 40th in the world, Nigeria, and 7th in the world, Canada. Everybody's pretty good. Ireland really like to frustrate opponents and play on the counter. They could really surprise people in how they 
they do that. So they're one to watch out for, for potentially upsetting either one of the favorites in the group. To go back to answer a question that we asked last time, they were called the female Socceroos until 95, but now they're called the Matildas, which I love. Okay. Okay. Perfect. The lady Socceroos. The lady Socceroos. The Socceroettes. Yeah, the Socceroettes. Oh, God, I hate it. I hate it so much. (laughs) And now they're just Walton Matildas waltzing the ball around. That's, you know, every every guy in Australia is Bruce. Every woman's Matilda. That's just how it is. (laughs) Every Sheila. British, every British, or Sheila, every British dude is Nigel. The women's Nigeria team, by the way, are not the Super Eagles. They are the Super Falcons, which again, awesome name. That is badass. I yes, it is. Yeah, because a falcon is a lady eagle. We know this. Yes, that's how, that's how genders work. It's like Pokemon genders. <laughs> I see a dog. That's a boy. I see a cat. That's a girl. Okay, next. What, go about Canada. Yes, right. sorry. Yeah, Canada is the most talented team in the group. They have really struggled with support from the Federation because... Oh my God, Canada's soccer business. They sold basically the media rights for nothing. And now that both the women's and men's national teams are very good for Canada, that means the Canadian Federation has no money. Not just sold the media rights for like a short period of time. They sold media rights for, I think, 20 years (laughs) for a $10 million flat fee. What? Jesus. Jesus. And this was just before the men's team got good. But I need to point out the women's team was already good. Yeah, (laughs) they've been good for a while. I mean... It was seen at the time as betting against yourself. Like a lot of people in Canada did not like this move when it was signed. It also means that all all soccer games are on a subscription service called One Soccer, who has <laughs> one of the most annoying commentators in the in the game right now. His name's not coming to me right now, but he's he he now does every CPL game, every national team game, and he does this thing that I hate commentators do, where he really looks for iconic clips. He doesn't call games. He tries to find like clips for the advertisement. Gotcha. There's a reason that at the last at the Men's World Cup, Canada was the only team that didn't get a special jersey because we straight up could not afford it. That's that's amazing. So how long did they strike that deal for? Like ten million? Is that ten million a year or just total? I believe it it was ten million flat at the time. Oh, okay. Oh my god. So, so you mean to tell because... me that the Sun Belt gets seven and a half million a year on their media deal through twenty thirty one? They're getting more than both sides of the canadian national teams the men's and women absolutely yes incredible uh i will say the women's team did get new jerseys for this world cup and they look very very good i'm gonna get one all right awesome and and you know this is gonna be christine sinclair's last go i believe since she's she's 40 and and uh i'm older than her so i i wish her all the best the uh the greatest scorer in international soccer history either gender and a canadian legend absolutely but the Canadian team has uh, some other players that are really interesting. Julia Grosso is going to be really interesting this year. What I want to point out, though, is Quinn, who played as a kind of a defensive central midfielder for the last couple cycles. In club soccer, they've been playing really up, which they've never done for Team Canada. That does give Canada another scoring option because Quinn has had to be in that scoring op- scoring uh, and uh, passing place for uh, OL Reign this year. So Canada suddenly, in the past... You get the ball to Christine, she scores. Now they kind of have a lot more options up front. Is it going to be a tough group for Canada? Yes, Nigeria's good, Ireland's good, Australia's very good. But they are a different Canada team than they've than we've seen in the past. They less resemble the Olympic gold team than I would like, but they're still a very good team. I think my favorite game that's going to probably determine the group is going to be Canada versus Australia in this one. I think. You, you think the same, Yeah, I'll say, I think that's both... 
don't want to drop points um, because really both kind of need the points to get out given something unexpected could happen. I, I will um, say I wouldn't be but, shocked if we drop a point to Nigeria and somehow still beat Ireland and Australia. Group C then. Yeah, we got six in the world, Spain, 36 in the world, Costa Rica, 77th in the world, Zambia, 11th in the world, Japan. Uh, CONCACAF knows no gender. Costa Rica is very much a CONCACAF team. They're everything you expect from a CONCACAF team in a World Cup, this World Cup. So are, it's going to be good times. Are they called the Ticos also? I'm They're Las Ticas. Las Ticas. Okay, I'm, Love I'm, it. I'm literally looking these things up as we're going it. along. Give me one second as we're going. God, Las Ticas. That's amazing. I, was, I, was, I wanted to look up what the Japanese women's team was called. Para Vida. Costa Rica is awesome. Um, Spain is also very much the same Spain that's also on the men's side. They play same possession-heavy style, um, which also can lead them uh, to potentially be upset. They've also had some difficulties with their federation in the lead-up. And Japan is a absolutely solid team. They should have beat the U.S. Um, yeah. And they played the U.S. that she believes. So um, really, besides a very good goalkeeping performance... Spain and Japan are, in theory, the favorites, but a CONCACAF team could do CONCACAF things and mess with somebody, particularly Spain, that plays a style that leaves them somewhat open to be messed with. The Japanese team, by the way, is called uh, Nadeshiko, I'm mispronouncing that, Japan, and that is the personification of idealized Japanese women, the epitome of pure feminine beauty, poised, decora, decorous, kind, gentle, graceful, humble, patient, virtuous, respectful, benevolent, honest, charitable, and faithful. That sounds like a Girl Scout pledge, but I'm into it. (laughs) And, and then, so Zambia is the 77th ranked in the world. Is the highest ranked team in the World Cup? The lowest. Uh, you, you like the I'm lowest, sorry, the lowest, yeah. sorry. They, they have the, yeah, lowest they're the lowest ranked team sorry. in the World Cup. The, co- um, the Copper Queens. Which is so cool. I love that uh, so much. I mean, I, mean I, I gotta throw my support behind Zambia to somehow magically get out of this group. But I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I am rooting for it. Go to group D. We got fourth in the world, England, 53rd in the world, Haiti. 13th in the world, Denmark, and 14th in the world, China. England is excellent. Honestly, in spite of just about every one of Arsenal's stars, including a couple who are also stars for England, and one of whom is a star for the Netherlands, tearing their ACLs, England still has a ton of talent. What England gets a little bit unlucky in is if they get out of the group, if things go to chalk, their quarterfinal matchup would be against Germany. Who is also very good. So oh God. that yeah. should be a final. It's going to be a quarterfinal due to the weird way the groups work out. England won the Euros. They've looked incredible. They look probably the best team in the world in the past year or so. So, in spite of what is a very funny thing of all the ACL tears at Arsenal, including oh. uh, two players who were dating who went to an event both on crutches. Oh, so- they're so cute. So I have a question. How quickly was the Arsenal groundskeeper fired? Uh, I, I, I think he still has uh, a job, but uh, yeah. the, the men's team has been relatively... No, no, no. I'm, I'm going to knock a wood on that. But no, it was one of those those horrible... It was a horrible semifinal Champions League, Women's Champions League match uh, yeah, against Wolfsburg. And like the Arsenal ladies just... I mean, had so many chances to win that one, and then they just kept dropping like flies in that game. It was just... Very, and then that's a lot of the English team. I don't know; they're banged up, but they they definitely seem like they're the best team. And you've also got China, who was a power kind of in the first couple World Cups and has been sort of somewhat in the wilderness. They haven't won an Asian Cup since '06, um, but they've got a little more talent. They won their first Asian Cup this past year after not winning one since '06. They might be back. Wang Shang, who's one of their 
kind of leading forwards. I've seen play in Louisville. She's great. So is China back? The Steel Roses. The Steel Roses of China. That's, that one's great too. That's that's, that's a win right there. I mean, ooh. that's the, that's the name of the greatest movie in Chinese film history. Steel Roses. Not not as good as Steel Magnolias, but I mean that's just oh yeah, because Cher's not in it. Is <laughs> Cher in Steel Magnolias? Yeah, I have not I seen. I, I don't think I've so. seen Steel Magnolias. Sure. Am I thinking the wrong? Am I thinking of the wrong movie? I is, think so. I don't know. I, I really I'm thinking think of the wrong are. movie. You are thinking of the wrong <laughs> movie. Man, I was like, shares in Steel Magnolias? I, I, I'm just going to throw in the Steel Magnolias poster into the group chat and just and, into the Sickos Patreon just to have everybody really confused. I love, yeah. I really enjoy doing this. But uh, Steel Magnolias had Sally Field, Dolly Parton, Shirley MacLaine, Daryl Hannah, Olympia Dukakis, and Julia Robert. Okay, it is a like a commonly enough Googled question. Is Sharon Steel Magnolias? I'm not the only person who thought this for some reason. Okay, this, he was in a fish called Wanda, but I, I don't, I don't know. Is this just a Mandela effect thing? Sure, why not? It's the Bernstein oh, yeah. in the, Bears. In the other timeline you were in, Pick Girl, Sharon was in Steel Magnolias. She took Dolly Parton's part, I'm pretty sure. Group E. Bum, yeah. bum, bum. We are taking this group. Oh, Merck. Yeah. I don't know, man. That's right. So we got first in the world, the U.S., 32nd in the world, Vietnam, ninth in the world, the Netherlands, 21st in the world, Portugal. Portugal has drawn England in the build-up here. They also are very much a play defense and encounter team, which could lead them to surprising um, either the Netherlands or the U.S. Dutch are very much kind of like Spain and their women's side plays very similar to how you imagine their men's side playing. Yeah. The Dutch do that as well. The one thing with Netherlands is they're missing uh, Vivian Miedema. She is one of the two of the crutch couple, but she's been out for about a year. So the team has figured out kind of how to play without her and mask her not being there. Um, Vietnam has also done relatively well for being a young squad that mostly plays in Vietnam. Sorry, Um, the Golden Star Women Warriors. Yes. They managed to uh, result of a 2-1 loss to Germany. Um, who is oh wow yes that's really good this is an interesting group in that you've got three relatively solid teams and then the best team in the world as well um who i am somewhat pessimistic about this is a mix of still relying in a couple of key spots on players who are near the end of their careers or are in kind of an uncertain area with fitness so julie Ertz is incredibly important there's a question of how many 90 minute games can she play kind of only having been playing for a couple months after a relatively long uh, maternity leave. The tactics have seemed kind of more vibey than actual tactics, which kind of is really clear when you watch them uh, back-to-back with teams like England and Germany playing. It just doesn't look the same sport. It's bizarre. But there are a lot of really exciting young players at the same time for the U.S. while there are those aging stars that are in their last raw. So Trinity Rodman, Naomi Gurma, Sophia Smith, are all really exciting young players and like Fox as well as fullback. So those are four players who are potentially going to be relatively key for the U S Gurma is going to be a rock on the back line as well as Fox at fullback. Um, Rodman is an electric attacking player. So Smith. So it'll be interesting to see that kind of transition where you have both players that this is their last go around, but also players that can be exciting young 
I kind of feel like this group is going to have a couple of weird results and then end up chalk in the actual final results just because all of the teams could surprise you with something weird. I feel like this group is, is a little wonky, but may wind up being, as you state, actual chalk. So like likely the U.S. and, and the Netherlands get through. But I, there could be some weird results in the middle of this group. This is also strange, too, because the U.S. won the World Cup in, in 2019, defeating the Netherlands in that game, right? In the final? Am I wrong yeah. there? It's and then in the now final. they're in the same group at the beginning of this World Cup? May I posit that this group is the ACC? <laughs> Go ahead. Lay out what team is what. Do it. The United States is obviously Clemson, mm-hmm. and everybody else is like, here, pick a random ACC Coastal team, right? Well, I mean, it's, so it, it's weird that you would say that the U.S. is Clemson because the Netherlands is all orange, but okay. That's true. All right. But, you know, it's yeah, the ACC is Clemson and friends, right? Um, so I would say, you know, United States, Clemson, maybe Netherlands, Florida State, okay. and then pick a random Coastal team. They're so all Portugal the same. is NC State. We're going to piss off so many war dads by saying Vietnam is Virginia. (laughs) (laughs) Vietnam is Virginia. We have just angered the entire city of Charlottesville. I don't know if it would be better or worse to say Vietnam is Virginia Tech. Oh. Oh. (laughs) That's worse. Oh, God. That's worse. Right now, that's worse. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, it... You know, maybe Vietnam is is Miami. They're both coastal, humid, humid. Yeah, humid. Yeah, um, that's your, I, can't, I can't make a there's v. a v, and then you can just make a v, right? You know, there's a v. That's a w. There's a u. Yeah, what what you've done there is you've made the Albanian sure, double flat. Why not? Double Whatever. That's this way. And now and now you've got Balkan Twitter on us. Thanks. Sure, okay. <laughs> I picked Albanian the flag. I'm draft. trying to make they hand puppets. Goddamn Balkan Twitter. To group F. Pu- pu- uh, hand puppets on the podcast, a notoriously visual medium. Totally. We got a YouTube. Group F. Uh, yes. Fifth in the world, France. 43rd in the world, Jamaica. Eighth in the world, Brazil. 52nd in the world, Panama. France has had a tortured history with their coach, where their previous coach was the world's worst manager at best. Um, wait, wait. So there's this French soccer drama on the the women's side too. No way. Yes. No way. There were there were players that retired wow. rather than risk having to play with uh, the previous coach. So she Ooh. is now gone. Hervé Renard has basically been given about a month's worth of camp time with players, and many of those players that had said we will retire rather than play with this previous coach have come back in the fold, which is good, but. About a month's worth of time playing is not much to build a squad where one of the issues was not really doing cohesive training or having good feedback uh, to how they're playing. So anyways, uh, Hervé Renard, his new coach, is not related to Wendy Renard, one of the star players. So it'll be interesting because France is very talented, but they haven't really had great prep time. Brazil has... A ton of talent. Uh, Dabinia, Marta, um, singer players as well. They're a very solid defensive team. There's an interesting question. Can they connect some of the pieces that they all have and win because they've historically struggled to kind of get over a hump and do well, but they're still a very talented team. Jamaica also is the all-star nickname of the reggae girls. Love it. Um, an all-star player nickname with 
uh, Bunny Shaw, and money from the Marley family because the Federation doesn't feel like spending like their own money and have asked for donations. And the Marley family has stood up and given money, and that is awesome. But also, it is unfortunate; it's necessary. So I'm, I'm really, I, I feel incredibly old right now. I know this is Marta's like sixth World Cup, right? Oh, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And so I looked yeah, up her age. For a while. I looked up her age. I am five years older than her. <laughs> I thought for sure she'd probably be older than Sinclair. She is not. She is 37. Yeah, she she broke up very early. So oh uh, in her career. She's still yeah, she World is Cup in an her. incredible player. Yeah, incredible. I'll say she's still playing great. Yes. So I, I I don't think the bracket quite. I mean, it, it you can almost make it work. But uh, I would love to see a last ride for Sinclair versus Martha. Um, I don't think that's going to happen this year, unfortunately. But damn, that'd be a really fun game. Okay. Group G. On to Group G. Yep. Number th- uh, third in the world, Sweden. 54th in the world, South Africa. 16th in the world, Italy. And 28th in the world, Argentina. Uh, Sweden is one of those other. They keep coming up short despite having a mm. ton of talent, being a very good team and playing cohesively. Do they still have the they same, can do that. Do, I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh, do they still have the same coach that used to be the former U.S.? women's national coach was it pia or is it somebody different she is i think now coaching for brazil oh wow okay uh-oh if i remember correctly oh, um, was it i forgot her name it's like pia sundagen or something like yeah sundays yeah she is now the head coach of brazil wow okay yep. oh, right. no. uh-oh uh-oh oh, wow yeah. okay so uh italy struggled at the euros if they yeah, still sure. struggle, that opens the door for South Africa or Argentina. Mm. Um, South Africa is mostly a domestic team, but does do have some really talented players playing in Europe and the U.S. Louisville's Thembi Piblana um, saw her play in Louisville. Great. Um, South Africa also won AFCON. So they could make some noise. Argentina is very hilariously a gender-flipped uh, U.S. men's national team where they're outshined by the Argentinian men's national team for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. but are still a very solid team kind of getting their footing in the country and, and are still a very decent team. They could make some noise if Italy slips. And then lastly, we have group H. We got second in the world, Germany, 72nd in the world, Morocco, 25th in the world, Colombia, um, and 17th in the world, South Korea. Germany of the powers has the, really the best injury luck, um, both compared to the U.S. and England. And they were obviously fantastic at the Euros. Lena Oberdorp is very much what Julie Ertz was last World Cup for the U.S. for Germany, um, a really solid defensive midfielder um, and really great at ball progression as well. Uh, Alexander Pop is excellent as a striker. They are my pick to win. I think Germany is is a class of the tournament. Morocco is very funny in that in the past couple of years, they heavily ramped up investment in the women's game with the goal of qualifying for AFCON, which they did. And then they were runners up. Oh, nice. And then they qualified for the World Cup as a result. So they have really ramped up a young squad because their leagues and infrastructure is very new. So they, um, they have a really good know... NIL program in Morocco. <laughs> yeah. A little, Basically little like... SMU-esque. Morocco. They're going to be interesting to watch because it's such a young squad. They may not entirely be ready to compete at the world stage, but they're a country that we should watch out for because they're putting investment where if this is when this is their first go around, 
oh boy, when they've got time to actually get the infrastructure together, that's going to be really interesting. And they are the lionesses. So nice. Lioness Express. Here we go. Yeah. So I'm I'm flipping through looking at nicknames. Okay. Guys, do you know what the nickname? There are two, and they're both great for the Colombian women's soccer team. Are do you guys know what the nicknames are? No, go right ahead. It's just not like the blue and yellows or whatever. They are either the Powerpuff Girls or the Coffee Growers. Hell yeah! Okay, Ooh, I yeah. love all of these. Do we have Powerpuff, Powerpuff Coffee Girls? Stuff? Do we have logos? Las chicas I, I super poderosas. I want to bevel uh, some logos here. So all the, most of these places only have the Confederation logos, or they have. Or they'll have like a women's logo that's like the Confederation logo. It's not nearly as cool as you think. I look out for Linda Casado um, of Colombia. Mm. Um, she's a really great young player for Real Madrid, so uh, she could really be at a breakout star of the tournament. South Korea, less of a breakout as a team. They've lost three straight teams when they were in the uh, Arnold Clark Cup in England to uh, European sides. They might not be okay. Hopefully, some fans traveled because Korean fan culture is one of the wonders of the world. That's what I'm curious about. I, I know it's the, in the most the remote part of the world. I want to see what women's team will travel the best to New Zealand and to Australia. Because I feel like it, the home field is got to be with New Zealand and Australia here. But like, who is next? Uh, I don't know about their their even domestic fan base, but Vietnam would be the easiest flight, I imagine. And and there is a decent diaspora community for a lot of Southeast Asian nations in Australia. So that may help some, um, as well as obviously the historic connections to oh, yeah, Philippines um, too, England and Ireland. There, You may also get people that are, will root based on heritage. So that could help some of those teams in terms of having some level of fan base, as well as you have a lot of flights that go between... Uh, Australia and the UK as a result of that. So that may make fans I mean, travel. South Africa's in this, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I yes. know like South yeah. Africa's in rugby leagues with... Are there any flights that go from South Africa to Australia? I feel like it's one of those like fun so. facts. Nothing goes across the Indian Ocean because everything dies there. <laughs> I think I, I, I watched think so, a Wendover's Productions video about this, actually. I think so, too. As Commissioner Commish mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, the... The uh, main rugby league league uh, has teams in South Africa and Australia. Is that is that the main rugby league? Is that it used to be called the Super Twelve that I used to watch at about three a.m. in Monroe, Louisiana, on Fox Sports so, World in the early two thousands when I, I am, when I couldn't uh, go to bed. Screen sharing the direct flights from Cape Town. There are not direct flights from Cape Town to Australia. You can, you can get probably to Doha or. Dubai, and then I'm going to guess that's probably the easiest way. Yeah, that, that'd probably be the, the quickest. I mean, I'm sure that you could potentially go up to England and then over. So I see um, Johannesburg to Sydney, which okay. will be oh. 11, 11 hours and 45 minutes. It's an overnight flight, which you just sleep on the flight, which I've never been able to do in my life. Uh, sleep on a plane. I don't know. Whoever can do that, more power to you. I can't do it. They're the same people that probably could fall asleep on the bus on the way to school, but <laughs> could not. I, I fell asleep. Hey, I hey. fell asleep on a Fayetteville to Dallas flight, which was like an hour, and I was out cold. <laughs> uh, you you know how I said in the chat earlier today, Pick Girl, that I think I'm the least dad amongst us all. Mm-hmm. That like I have least dad qualities. I did just think of a dad quality because I will open up Flight Radar 24 and just watch planes move for a while. Oh, that's very dad. Seriously, so, if yeah. there's that plane tracker on the flight, I am watching that the entire flight. 
I am oh, not yeah, watching a great. show. I am watching Plane Tracker. I was getting really annoyed when I was flying back from Ireland for this reason because it wasn't just the tracker. It was like, here's the little 3D animation of what the pilot sees. I don't want to see that. I want to see where in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean we are over. You can see <laughs> I dropped a picture in the chat uh, how barren that, even though it's it's not quite morning yet, but like there's nothing that goes over the uh, Southern Indian Ocean. Like that just does not exist. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, and so there's some of that is obviously the volume of potential flights. It's also a pretty difficult ETOPS requirement that you need for your aircraft for that. Hey, let's talk about ETOP ratings. No, Sam from Wendover Productions, please come on the podcast. <laughs> yes, God, come on, Sam. <laughs> I will say the actual antipode, so opposite side of the world from New Zealand is Spain. So Spain is literally the other side of the world. I was going to say also, you guys were like, oh, there are a lot of flights from the UK and the British Isles to, uh, to Australia because of historical ties. That is true. When I was in Ireland, I met a guy who was American by way of Australia who like goes on an annual vacation with one of his friends from college every year. They were in Ireland while we were in Ireland. Guess how long American Australian guys flight was? It's got to be like 20 something 26 hours or something it's more than that it was 26 hours we asked him how he handled it and he said melatonin and red wine (laughs) seriously if if man yeah i'd have to knock myself out with like five melatonin to sleep on the plane i want to give a shout out to ulm wide receiver former ulm wide receiver boogie knight boogie knight boogie knight has been signed by the x league in tokyo playing football japan for the 1978 Challengers, or is it the night? We're going to make a, a sequel to Mr. Baseball about him. It's called Mr. Football. To so the Challengers, 1978, they belong to the Asahi Beverage Club Challengers. Ooh, fun. X-League, X-1 Super, Boogie Knight, wide receiver. Again, we told you to draft Boogie Knight. We didn't say what league. We got to be more specific next time. But shout out to Boogie Knight making it all the way out there to Japan. He is there oh, on yeah. the ground in Japan at practice already. Awesome. There's got to be, there, there can't be a better place to be a professional football player than in Japan, right? I mean, there's got to be better places than Japan, but I mean, Japan's got to be up there, right? Yeah. Japan's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. you know. I do hope he enjoyed his approximately 16 hour flight. So he, he went from Monroe so much jet regional, lag, so much jet Monroe lag. regional airport to oh, probably, goodness. In your mind, that's what he did. He just walked off the like walk onto a plane in Monroe. Well, seriously, that's how you get on the plane. Like, there's no gate. There's there's three <laughs> gates in Monroe. There's three gates in Monroe. They only use one, and you walk out the gate on the actual tarmac. Like, there's no ramp or anything like, a, like that. Like you're Nothing. like you're going onto a private plane. Seriously, that's how Monroe makes you feel. Like you're on a private plane, and then you go, basically to whatever nearest biggest airport you have. I'm still laughing at the flight that I took to get to Knoxville. We went Monroe to Huntsville, Alabama, to Atlanta, Georgia, to Knoxville. That many connecting flights for that God. game to I, watch ULM lose 70 to three in the rain. <laughs> so I did just estimate this. I had originally had him flying out of New Orleans, uh, but if you change it to Monroe, you fly out of Monroe, the Google, the first uh, option on Google flights, assuming that, our man is flying commercial. Okay. Uh, you fly out of Monroe, you go to DFW, you have a five-hour layover, and then you fly out of DFW into Tokyo. Oh, straight. Dallas to it's Tokyo. That's not that bad. How is how is Monroe to Tokyo have less connections than Monroe to Knoxville? I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I mean, 
I mean, <laughs> I have no idea. My dad paid for the flight, so he was like, <laughs> American Airlines. It's like it's- Hub and Spoke is wild, man. Hub and Spoke is wild. Let's talk about. So let's plug some things before we go on to our next thing. First okay. off, we have our Patreon. We have the Discord for five dollars a month. You can come tell me about how many tabs I have, and if there's too many for your opinion. People are already saying that in the chat tonight. They are correct. We also are going to have Commission's Corner up soon, probably this week. Once I get the feed figured out, we'll have a separate feed for that through the Patreon. So you can just load that up and listen to it either in the Patreon app or I think things like Overcast will let you plug it into it. Yeah, there's there's a couple of different things I believe you can plug it into. The only one that doesn't seem to allow this is, is Spotify, right. uh, but you can use Overcast. You can use uh, Apple. You, you would be able to take the RSS feed from the Patreon and then plug it into whatever app you'd like to use. Uh, so some Patreons that I have right now currently with uh, Split Zone Duo, this is not a promoted ad. I, I listen to their bonus feed through Patreon uh, on Overcast, which Overcast is a phenomenal app, and we use it to cut Yeah, hey, if you're, if you're using uh, iOS and you're not using Overcast, yeah. just switch over. Make Overcast. your life better. Overcast is great, and that's what we use to cut clips from the podcast when when Jordan does really tortured puns, uh, talking about the ACC and and started off this podcast with the independence. We also have the Sicko Store, uh, HTTPS, like it's fucking 2,000 years ago. Sickos-committee.selfie.store. dot. We added some new stickers and wall hangings that are live, laugh, yes, ha, 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 yes. Great stickers for your Yetis or your Arctics or whatever the other four letter. I'm just, I'm just imagining like if I was a college student now, like I would be buying these posters from us and hanging them up <laughs> on the wall, like going next, to next to the Pink it? Floyd butts. Yeah, seriously, I like the the picture of of Kramer from the Seinfeld episode. Uh, you know that one where they did the painting of him right next to my foosball table. And it would just be the sign of, of live, laugh, ha, yes, ha, ha, yes. Uh, along with, you know, the in this house. Basically, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is stuff I would have bought 20 years ago. And, and, and honestly, I would still buy it nowadays. And, and, and I have. <laughs> also going to promote the Message Board Geniuses podcast. They love to go places where we will not tread because, good God, why am I going to go into those places? It's awful. Today, under in Aubrey undercover, someone said he was a handsome fellow. Glad he doesn't look like Josh Heupel. That's all you need to know. <laughs> we also have our preview that uh, Kamish wrote for the Transfer Portal and No Context Football Season Preview for 2023 for 10 American dollars. You can get that as a PDF. Read it anywhere you want. It's got it covers every FCA, every FBS team in detail. And if you want one place to go and just get all the previews, that's where you got to go. And they interviewed a bunch of players from G5 teams. You know, they talked to Frank Harris of UTSA and really just great interviews. And it has the feel of like the Phil Steele's preview, but it's an updated version, like 2023, no context football. And it has a little bit of the Sickos Committee flavor in the beginning. We also have a YouTube channel. Kamish finally figured out an easier way to, by pushing buttons and reading instructions, Kamish has figured out how to post our videos, our podcast on there very easily. So that's going to go up. Subscribe to our YouTube channel so that we can get ads on that and that'll help us out get some watch time. If you just want to click play on the playlist and just walk away from it, that's totally fine. Too. Yeah, that'd be great. Honestly, maybe uh, go to maybe go to sleep with us. 
sleepless with, with the sickos let us, on. And, let us and, get into you know, your ears. Let us let into your ears and, and and enjoy the the lovely dreams you get by listening to the sickos hey. committee. Hey there, okay. welcome, welcome, welcome to sickos committee night. Yeah, sorry. Hey. Mm-hmm. Oh, can I, we? Get, I, oh, can we make a proper channel an ASMR channel? Sure, whatever. That's up to you. You got the keys to it too. I like the idea of subliminal subliminal sickos. Subliminal sickos, the sickos mm-hmm. into your subconscious. Mm-hmm. You want to watch Purdue Syracuse. You want to watch Purdue Syracuse. I mean, who doesn't? Do you remember how it ended bet, last you time? Remember, you'll you'll want to watch it again. You'll, bet, you'll bet money on Purdue Syracuse. <laughs> I love this. Hey, also, if if you have any friends who are you know followers of the Twitter account. And we had somebody mention to this, uh, mention this to us today that they couldn't really follow our podcast because you know they, they have uh, hearing disabilities. We have closed captioning on the YouTube, which yes, I, I can't finally. believe that you know I'm able to do this now. Which I I just discovered this by reading instructions. Which you know again I you know I don't I don't really read instructions too Why too often. And, and Jordan <laughs> was in charge of the YouTube, so. You know, I read some instructions. Actually, I just kind of clicked. The, I didn't even click a button. I just hovered over it. And I was like, what is this? It counts. It and counts. it was like, hey, post to YouTube. I'm like, yeah, let's go. So. <laughs> miracle upon miracles, two dads finally read the instructions. Also, we have a sub stack. We do more long form stuff. And then lastly, do you like soft t-shirts? Do you like sickos? Do you like college football? Do you like Illinois State? Because they just had an awesome shirt drop today, the Redbirds. Do you like, Do you like shirts that say "Don't tweet at Crutes" in big black or big white letters on them? Because that came out today too. Make sure if you've never uh, shot. First off, if you've never shot from home field before, they have the softest shirts for all the colleges you can think of, from the top levels, from FBS to FCS to D two to even some D three stuff. If you've never bought from them before, use yes ha 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 yes. That's three ha's for fifteen percent off, and also. We will make sure we tweet this out, but we have a special link that gets us a little kickback when you buy, even if it's not your first time, that I always forget to drop and Commission always reminds me to. So thank you, sir. This weekend, they're launching a refresh of Yukon, Pitt, and Syracuse. Big East, baby. The Big East is back. We miss the Big East. I love the Big East. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I even love it in basketball. It's great. They're going to have some awesome Pitt stuff. They're going to have some awesome UConn stuff. And then again, is Syracuse good? We don't know that. We don't know. We don't know. But is the Syracuse merch at home field good? Yes, we definitely yes. know 100%. that. We definitely know that. Well, folks, I get to present tonight. Oh, yeah. What up? Because <laughs> I've got, I'm going to try something new tonight uh, to make, to see if I can get this to, you know, to have a little more, a little more, I don't know, a graphic flair, but just. Oh, yeah. Something that's more usable in the future for us. And other methods. I'm going to try doing these pres- this as an actual presentation. Wait, wait. Ooh. You're going to use one of your multiple tabs to do a presentation to us on the podcast. Yeah, right it, now. Took, it took, took me a while to find it. Love okay. It. Oh my welcome god. Everyone. Oh my gosh. Look at that. Okay. So spiffy. So, welcome, Dude. welcome everybody to Well There Problem, a podcast with slides. I'm yeah. Gonna... Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So first off, no, no, no. Hold on, hold on. Man. Are you dropping a PowerPoint on us? I'm dropping a PowerPoint. And not only that, <laughs> I went I went to the University of Idaho website and found their like branded PowerPoint slides. Oh my gosh, you have the official <laughs> we're getting their color we're getting their colors and fonts. <laughs> it looks so good though. I like it. It the does. The eye is beautiful. First off, this is our segment. This is part 34 of 20. No, sorry, 34 of 41. Yes. The best season of all time for teams who are below 
500 all time. Go Satwa app 500 at. Some of us realize that our phones are now auto-correcting those kinds of things. Wasn't Mississippi Valley State 32A? Is this not technically part 33? Oh my God. We're going to, oh. <laughs> I, uh, look, I updated the notes. So, I mean, I gave full credit to Mississippi Valley State. Okay. So, I, uh, okay. so Mississippi it, Valley State is FBS now. Uh, okay. Mississippi Valley State. Well, I mean, Idaho, if we got to consider that, they were FBS, FCS, FBS, back and forth. So, I, you know. Idaho is part 32A. Idaho is part 32B. <laughs> Does this mean we have to. It, 32 Kibby. They're part 32 Kibby. We have to add Florida A&M because they were FBS for a year. Sure, why not? Oh, God. So, <laughs> but they're I, tonight, tonight, I'm going to talk about the 88 Idaho Vandal. This team is their best team of all time. This team came up in sort of the middle of a very good run for them. They had been in the playoffs a couple times. When you think of Idaho football, you think of sort of these very deep valleys and these couple little peaks. This was a peak, and this was the peak. We'll start with their coach. This is... Coach Keith Gilbertson. Keith Gilbertson's a Washington dude, like from Washington State. He played at Central Washington. He played at Hawaii for a bit, actually. He was an O-lineman. He's got some Will Muschamp energy in one of those pictures. Mm-hmm. Also, that mustache is amazing. Yeah, I'll say he's only got it in one of the pictures, but you need to have adopted that earlier. Oh, like, dude. So he was, he was a head coach good. at Idaho, Cal, and Washington. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the big players here. We have John Deep Freeze. Yes. And Marvin Washington. Marvin Washington was not at Idaho on a football scholarship. He was there on a basketball scholarship. He was also one of their best defensive players. John Deep Freeze. I was remember him as a quarterback for like the Seahawks, I think. Let me see. NFL. I forget where he played. Yeah, he did. He did play in the NFL a couple seasons. I don't remember where he played. Let me find it real fast. John Deep Freeze. Yes, he was. A, he was a QB for the Seahawks yeah. and for the Patriots. Okay. Got drafted by the Chargers, too. Ooh, sorry about that. <laughs> Everybody played for the Chargers. It's okay. He's from Coeur d'Alene, and that will actually come into uh, Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which will actually come into play in a little bit. So let's go and talk about this team. First off, preseason. They had to do their preseason out preseason like spring game outdoors because the oh, Kimmy no. Dome had a rodeo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Kimmy not, rodeo. Not, not a jazz spent, festival. Yeah, somebody no, not, spent the hundred dollars to reserve the Kimmy Dome. Funnily enough, I was going through the Idaho Library Online Collection. Shout out to them because they have a lot of great stuff. They have so much jazz history in there. Ooh, so okay. much jazz history. Quote: I the smell field, side episode. Quote: The field was lousy. The wind was blowing about thirty miles per hour, which means it was about twenty degrees out there. So we went out and threw the ball seventy seven hundred times. Gilbertson said, "It went well." You'll notice their schedules up here. It's a short schedule. They only played 10 games this season, and I really can't figure out why. Usually you get an 11-game season in FCS, but they played 10 this year, and it was it stood out as different, but not sure why that was this season. They returned a lot of people from the year before. They'd done really well the year before. They got knocked out of the playoffs by Weber State, I believe, in like the second round. So oh. this was a team that was coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, it says in this article... Next fall, Idaho will play a 10-game schedule instead of the normal 11-game schedule. It's the first time Idaho has played a 10-game schedule since 1969, and Gilbertson said he couldn't find a team to fill the 11th spot. Thank you. We just couldn't find an 11th game with anybody we wanted to play, Gilbertson said. I don't want to sound arrogant, but we don't want to play someone and beat them 72 to nothing. If we play someone, we want to we want to play someone pretty good. If not, we'll just have a practice. Okay. What if you played someone else on your schedule twice? Because then that. Hey, New Mexico State's always up for a good double. Mm-hmm. Mexico State has done that many, many times. Let's talk about the schedule. They open with number two D2 Portland State. 
Wow. Oh, that 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 seems nice. dangerous. That's look at the score. It's 27 to 18. Mm. Idaho won. It was a dangerous game. Mm. Was that Portland State when they were doing run and shoot? Because I know they were one of the early innovators of that. Probably. Because that 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 would explain some of the other things I saw in here. They also played at Pacific in California, and then the usual big sky schedule. And I'll talk about that as we go through. Pacific was FBS at the time, correct? Yes, they, yes, were. they were. Or D1, yeah. Vandals win opener versus Portland State. We're going to split this up into sort of general games. I'm not going to go too much detail. This first game was supposed to be an offensive powerhouse. It was not. The defense registered eight sacks of the Portland State quarterback, Chris Crawford, including three defense, three by defensive end Marvin Washington, who we talked about earlier. Inside linebacker Jerry Medved led the team with 18 tackles and one interception. God damn, Meanwhile, 18 the, tackles? Yeah. Whoa. Meanwhile, the Vandal offense sputtered in their season opening debut. After two opening series on offense that netted 17 yards, the Vandals scored late in the first quarter on a 41-yard pass from quarterback John Freeze to receiver David Jackson. I'm going to skip down to this quote. because Oh, by the way, John Freeze ended up with three TDs and two interceptions. From the coach. I don't think that this is by any means one of John Freeze's better games, head coach Keith Gilbertson said. He was off. Not by much, but he was off. His deep ball fluttered and didn't have a lot on it. He was just kind of out of sync. He'll get sharper. He's a good player. <laughs> Damn. This game got one, but it was close. I'm going to go on a little bit of a sidetrack. Yeah. Uh, the head coach at that time at uh, Portland State was a man by the name of Pokey Allen. Who I know that name. Was, who had a... Actually, some time at Simon Fraser, uh, <laughs> going way early in the pod. Um, but he also took part in TV commercials to sell Portland State tickets, including dancing the hokey pokey, uh, betting a month's salary on attendance, um, we, allowing fans we to talked about that. We talked about this coin toss. Yes, we've talked about this. I don't know what context was, but I, I I remember the salary. He also was at Boise State for a couple years. We covered this. We I, talked about him. I can't remember what episode. We did the CFL episode. The CFL episode? Oh. Because he was the he was a coach for the Breakers. He was. Yes. Defensive coordinator in 18. Oh, my God. Oh my God. It's all the singularity is just fucking coming down on us. Okay. Holy crap. But they were a legit D2 team. Um, yes, they he were. made the D, uh, D2 playoffs five times over there, including two times making the final, one time making the quarterfinal. And two times making the semifinal, although they did not win the title. Yeah, this um, is this is like the equivalent of scheduling North Dakota State. Yeah, don't don't do this. Don't do don't that. Do this. Don't do Except it. always Be kind do this. To yourself. Except always do this. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the next game where they go to Pacific because that was pretty much in hand. I would like to talk about something I found in the newspaper, though. Warning: This is an article from the Idaho Argonaut, which is their paper. Oh reactor just for research. First line: There's a nuclear reactor in Pullman. By the way, there's <laughs> still a nuclear reactor in Pullman. Dude, it's still there, dude. What do they fuel it with? Fireball. This this logo right here oh. might be my favorite thing I've ever seen. I've, it's the Wazoo logo on top of the nuclear three dude, triangle got, thing. Post it. Post it. God. It's a very good logo. A, a nuclear there, reactor logo. There is a nuclear reactor at Purdue, which is in the basement of a building that I accidentally went way too close to that bit of the building during humans versus zombies and got a very odd look from a professor there's one there's one t in utah as well because i remember the story of a utah fan being arrested for terroristic threats because they said if we lose to san diego state i'm blowing up the nuclear reactor i think maryland is one as well a lot of a lot of schools have researched reactors mm -hmm. can we make a nuclear conference 
We could. I think we. I think Chicago back to FBS. Mm-hmm. The original the nuclear thing. conference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The more I read about what are they called? Pile one, the one they built under the stadium at Chicago. And the, uh, the fact that it was just like piles of bricks of uranium that they were all standing sort of near and one dude with a rope, like hanging rods into it to try to create reaction. Mm-hmm. That shit I, the, that we, that people didn't die from that. University of Chicago drum has a fun uh, side story with the experiments at the University of Chicago. If you want to go back to an old feeder mascot episode of, uh, Big drums. I will check that out. Next game versus Montana. Big Sky opener. It's the largest offensive line we're going to play against all year. We're back to big boys. They're an enormous group of kids. They play well in the kicking game and they block a lot of kicks. They have great return schemes and they're just difficult to play at home. People have not gone in there and defeated Montana at home very often. The screen paper asks uh, the coach about John, about John Freeze. John can play better. Coming into the tough game for the conference, he's going to have to play better. But our kids are going to have to catch it, too. I, I feel so, like this this guy's kind of encouraging, but yeah. in like a like a dad way. Well, I'm, <laughs> spoiler alert, John did not have a great game. Okay. Montana wins this game. It's okay, so. And it's because, it's because the Vandals had seven turnovers. Oh, my God. And, Less than ideal. And just so we're clear... The Vandals had 603 yards of offense no. and held the Grizzlies to 271. They had 350 yards more of offense and they lost 26-17. Read, read the part on the right-hand side. Of the Vandals' seven turnovers, three of them occurred inside the Grizzlies' 12-yard line. Oh, no. Of, Was Josh Allen their quarterback? Of Idaho's 14 possessions, nine times the Vandals were in Montana territory, but they only scored three times. Go Bills. This hurts. This was not this great. Is, this, this was, was our great. season last year. Not I'm, I'm going to need a Detmer ranking here. This was the low point of the season. This was the, the is that the Nadir? Is that the word I'm looking for? Is Nadir the bottom part? Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, this is this is the Nadir. We need to get back game. It's homecoming against Northern Arizona. The Jacks. So, oh, yeah, the Lumberjacks. Yes, yeah, sorry. The Vandals win this game 31-20 in front of a crowd of 16,100, the fourth largest in Kibbe Dome history. And then the Grizzlies, who beat them the week before, lost to Nevada Reno, meaning that Idaho is now at the top of the conference. Then Idaho blows out Montana State 41-24. And now the offense is clicking. We've got lots of passing yards. Josh Freeze goes sorry, uh, Freeze goes for 20 for 27, 235 yards with two touchdowns and only one interception. And even scrambles for one, which he had never done before. Wow. Then Weber State. First off, this game was the big one in their minds because the Weber State was who knocked them out of the playoffs the year before. And it was their worst loss in yeah, a 59 to 30 loss. It was a, an absolute just ass kicking at that point. It was their worst loss. Idaho's worst, worst loss since 1980. So this is eight years later. Ugh. I will say, found this great thing. Soup's on at the Vandal game. There was also a side competition between the University of Idaho and Washington State. The Battle of the Bean, if you will, to promote National Lentil Day and home cooking <laughs> soups. With each, uh, with, we'll end with free soup samples and Saturday's game at the Kibbe Dome. Tim Ball, UI communications instructor, said determination of the contest winner will be based on how original and well executed the campaign is. The sponsor, Campbell's Home Cooking Soups, will award first place prize of $500. A group of lentil farmers' wives will be at the game Saturday oh. to distribute free samples of lentil soup. Ball said October 22nd has been declared the first ever National Lentil Day. Better, the UI marching band will perform a halftime show in honor of the lentil farmers. And a special award will be presented to the Palouse P and Lentil Commissioner. All right, I'm going to have to mark why this. Is the, why is there not a trophy game called the Palouse P? 
The lentil halftime show. Yeah. Okay. Love lentils. I, I need to have this saved on my phone. National Why? Lentil Day, October second. What are you? What are you? Pl- what are you planning on for doing? I have. I, I don't know, but I got some time. <laughs> I think it's still National Lentils Day. Is it your, still your National gonna, Lentil Day? Your kid's gonna want to go for as a lentil for Halloween. Okay, Maybe if it's there a is, Monday, there, be there is still a National Lentil Festival in in the Palouse. Okay, I kind of want to go. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's when we have our Kibby Dome meetup. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's National Lentil Day. We're we're meeting up in Moscow, Idaho. They win this game. Thane Doyle, their kicker, kicks a field goal in the last twenty three seconds and wins the game. Yay! This sends him to six and one overall, four and one in the Big Sky, and Weber State falls to three and four and two and two in conference. The kicker not only got the game winning field goal, but he also booted three others including one from 52. So it was a good day to be a Vandal. He was also player of the week nice. for uh, double one double A. They, they should then have lentils more often. Mm-hmm. Right. Lentil power. The cool thing about this guy is that Thane Doyle was only the kicker because the previous kicker had quit earlier in the season. Head coach said, I told him this is why we recruited you. You're the best. <laughs> and and you and much credit, he came in and knocked it through. Then we've got the game against Nevada, Reno. Apparently, this was a really big thing in terms of they'd never had great luck against Nevada Reno. These were uh, the the Vandals went to Reno. It's a packed stadium. That stadium seats like 16,000 and they packed it in. And the Vandals hadn't ever won there before. This would be the first this would be their first try in seven attempts to win there. In fact, the Vandals have had trouble with the Wolfpack period. Idaho had lost nine of the last 14 games played between the two teams and seven of the last nine. And it took a comeback. They came back. I want to be really clear about how crazy this was. They won 32 to 31, but they were down 31-13 with 11 minutes left in the game. Wow. Down 18? Down 18, 11 minutes left. With 11 minutes left. Away. Away. Mm. Wow. The second largest crowd ever in that stadium. And they brought it back. And this this was Reno's homecoming game, too. Oh, God. Talk so, about ruining homecoming. Just love to put the dagger in their back for the Ooh. homecoming game. This game here basically puts them in the driver's seat for the championship. They do have to actually clinch the conference, though. And to be guaranteed the spot, they have to play Boise State. I don't know that people people on this podcast understand this, but if you don't know this, there's a reason this game doesn't get played anymore. And it's not because... Someone thinks they're too good for it. It's because this is the meanest rivalry in the world. They hate each other. This is not like we talk about, oh, fun rivals. And you think about like really hating rivals. You think like, okay, Clemson, South Carolina, they hate each other. They, they dislike each other strongly. It's not this. This is hate. When you ask older Boise State fans who they hate, it's Idaho. And this game has been put on ice for a reason. Of course, this is the game that's going to decide a lot of things in this season. You couldn't have written it any better i believe recently like even though this rivalry has been iced for a long time uh it was uh it was a bit of a news story that uh there was a commotion there was commotion at a at an idaho airport because the idaho ad was about to board a plane to wherever and he saw the plane was blue and orange and refused to board (laughs) oh i also meant to mention i forgot to put this on here this was the 100th anniversary of university of idaho too in 88 so this whole thing had a lot of pressure around it. 
I want a free bacon burger right now. Do you think Zips is still around? Still see, see I'm looking at the ad below that that says Booze Smorgasbord 375 630 to 9. Tell me Ooh. about that. Unlimited beer and wine coolers. Hold up. I think I trimmed that ad. Hold up. Unlimited <laughs> that's da- beer that's and dangerous. Wine what is That's dangerous. I'll say they are really, really putting the reputation of the Palouse here. Seriously. Uh, Docs. Friday, Saturday. Uh, Friday, Saturday happy hour. This ain't oh my no God. bullshit in the middle of the week. <laughs> this shit's on the weekend. 6.30 to 9.00, too. Like, and what what's a progressive derailer? <laughs> I would love to know. I, unlimited wine coolers. Every, I was about to say, I realized the drinking age there is higher than it is here. No. But every, in, like... Back in those days, in 88, it in 88, would have been it 18. Okay, so it is like here. Yeah. Unlimited wine coolers. You are going to get some 18-year-olds, 18-year-old girls in the hospital <laughs> because they've drunk so many damn wine coolers. I was like, when I, when I Google progressive derailleur, all I get is bicycle parts. That sounds right. <laughs> Which, sure. Fill it with booze. Yeah, Idaho, <laughs> I'm drinking at 21 in 1987. Okay. Um, but oh, if, so before this. But if they did here. it the way that, like, my dad talks about this from when he was in college. So they changed it while he was in college, but he had already been 18 and they, like, grandfathered everybody Grandfather in. Grandfathered you in, okay. So. This, it says, hold on, progressive derailleur. From two to six, I have found a drink called the derailleur. Christ. Here we go. Nice. It's a, it's supposedly for two to four people. It's vodka, <laughs> gin, rum, tequila, triple sec, peach tree, schnapps, God. amaretto, grenadine, no. pineapple, and orange juice. Jesus. You're dead. That'll knock you out your tracks. You're just You're just I, dead. I appreciate the Rattler is a light beverage named after bicycling. Because you could, you know, have a beer mixed with lemonade and then bicycle more. And then this is named after bicycling. And I would not be able to make it onto a bike and the bike would just fall onto me after consuming one. Guaranteed. It, it, look, look, I've only been able to find uh, a recipe for the derailleur. I have not been able to find a recipe now, for the Does a progressive, progressive derailleur mean like they... derailleur? Does it this... get stronger? Is this one of those kitchen sink drinks? It seems where they like just it put is. it out in front of everyone, and as the day goes on, they just add more. Seriously, my God, Moscow, Idaho, Idaho fans, go off in the chat if you can tell us what a progressive derailleur is. Inquiring Seriously. minds would like to know. I There's no place this way is still open because because they would have drunk them dry at this point. There's no way. My God, I. I have a buddy in Vancouver who his favorite place uh, closed down this year. Because oh, it was I found obviously... I found the full full ad, guys. Give me one second. Oh, okay. it, yeah. That place obviously getting closed down because they offered uh, during happy hour ten cent beers unlimited and four cent tacos unlimited. Oh, metal yeah. Sunday, metal, metal Sunday, one dollar kamikazes, one fifty oh. Coronas, one fifty well drinks. Jesus Christ. What is happening here? We support Dude, designated driver programs. I fucking hope <laughs> you do. My God, a dollar kamikazes. What is Metal Sunday? I assume it's just metal as hell. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One dollar kamikazes. What was that? Like vodka? Triple sack? Kamikazes. Uh, vodka juice. Pe- mm-hmm. Is that? I used to make those. Yeah. I used to put those in uh, in a watering can in college. And for if like Google a, a, is, you such a frat boy. Oh my god! Yeah, you had, I had in a watering can and like had little like solo cups that I'd walk around with. It was when I was pledging, and like I poured with people. If Google is correct, this place still exists, but they've changed the name to Mingles. Lame. <laughs> Whatever happened to Mingles? Is that better? Like always, 
everyone going through campus newspapers is so much fun <laughs> because these ads are fucking crazy. <laughs> I love this shit. Thank you, Moscow Idaho. We also have on this page sports editor bitching about how no one shows up to support their team, which again is <laughs> something that we've covered every time, time I've gone through. It's always well, they're all hungover from all the fucking drinks and dogs. Jesus Christ! They go Friday night. They're hungover. <laughs> it's a booze. It's a booze smorgasbord. <laughs> it was uh, New Mexico, right? Was the other one? No, there's been there's been like. Does it every time I go into school every papers, even, even back to like Vandy 1908, whatever it was, there is still a sports editor bitching about no one shows up and cheers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is the way of the sports editor. This year has been one of the uh, quoting here. This year has been one of the finest in Vandal football history, yet fans don't seem to care to, enough to support the, the games. Sure, there were 16,000 fans at the homecoming game. But that's to be expected, being the homecoming of the century. But what about next week when the Vandals played Montana State? If we go back, by the way, he's not wrong. Basically, after that game, they had 8,000, 9,000 people show up. They had 5,000 show up for a fucking playoff game. It was Thanksgiving week, though. Like, I'll give you that. That was Thanksgiving week. But still, guys, show the fuck up to your games. I may come back a little bit later. Though so this is, of course, the game that's going to decide a lot of stuff here. Basically, this is the biggest this game has ever been. Both teams are ranked going into this. This is a ranked Idaho, ranked Boise State game with Idaho ranked second in the nation. The Vandals are guaranteed a piece of the title if they can win out at this point and defeat the Broncos. For the Broncos, they must win if they want a piece of the conference title and the conference's automatic berth to the playoffs. Both quarterbacks are from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Breeze has completed 56% of his passes this season and thrown for 2,600 yards, 16 touchdowns, and had 12 interceptions. That depth number might be really good. It might be good. Uh, Boise State's quarterback? 46% of his yards, 15, sorry, 46% of his passes, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. <laughs> Idaho is the top offensive team in the conference, averaging 294 yards per game. Boise State is last, averaging 167.9 yards per game. And how does the game go? Oh, by the way, this was at Bronco Stadium, which at this point already had the blue turf. Hmm. And they increased the capacity for this game. They bumped it up from basically to 23,500. They'd already set a capacity record, 22,000, when they faced uh, Nevada Reno. And this game had been sold out for months. This was the biggest thing in Idaho. Idaho victory twice as nice. This is the second state, state, straight time they basically blown out their van, their rivals. That's right. Idaho's victory was like a twice baked potato. <laughs> oh, the potato metaphors are going to get real torturous in a little bit. Okay. Oh, I, I had to start it off. You know, we hadn't done any yet. So. I almost said when you said that this game was the biggest thing in Idaho, I almost said even bigger than the potato-shaped Airbnb. Just so you Still know how, same wise game, G. how in a bad way Boise State was at this point, this is Idaho's seventh straight win against Boise State. What? Oof. That is just, unthinkable. Just get your mind in this spot. In like a, like the history of Boise State football, seven straight losses to Idaho. Like, oh my God. So they go to the playoffs, and this is what the playoffs look like to start with. Idaho has to reface Montana in the first round. Idaho's one Idaho. going into the playoffs, and they're going to be going against Montana, the only team to beat them in the season. Other teams in this playoff you might recognize, we got teams like number 15, Delaware, number 10, North Texas, number 6, Marshall, number 14, the Citadel. Someone let the Citadel into a football playoff. <laughs> number 2, Georgia Southern. This is in the middle of Georgia Southern's like first real, oh yeah, we're just going to fuck with people run. Number 5, Jackson State. 
got Western Kentucky, we got Western Illinois, we got UMass, we got Eastern Kentucky, and a bunch of others as well. You got that North, so, Northwestern State with Coach O up in here. Uh-huh. And we're going to get to them in a moment because <laughs> they, play Boise State, they play Boise State in the first round. I, I spy some really creative bracketeering here by the uh, by the selection committee because we have a potential Idaho Derby in round two. We have a we have a potential Kentucky Derby in round two. I think there's another one somewhere in here where you, you have two potential rivals facing off in round two. They got real real nasty with the well, bracket making. And here. the final guys, look where the final is. Mm. Finals in Pocatello. Pocatello, Pocahontas, no. right down the road. Yeah. So Idaho gets to the final, gets to play it at your rivals stadium dome that goes the different way you know i also I let you notice know, they're using the great logo here i love this vandals logo. The, the idaho from moscow to pocatello it's like a nine hour drive no it's it's way fucking it's far so away, yeah. fucking far because moscow's in that very little tiny skinny tip of idaho right next to to washington state and it's just like it is such they have to go through the rocky mountains just to even get out of that they have to go four hours east of Boise just to get to Pocatello. It is a horrible drive. Round one of the playoffs. Montana part two. Idaho wins 38-19. Basically everything that went wrong the first time, the seven turnovers, doesn't happen. They have one of their best games of the year. Everything's clean. Coach Gilby knew. Coach Gilby knew that all John D. Freeze had to do was was play a little better. And he did. He didn't turn the ball (laughs) over seven times. After the game, Coach Gilbertson spoke of monkeys. Number one, we got that mo- we got a lot of monkeys on our back this year, said Gilbertson. We basically caught hell around here for a whole year because we lost in the first round of the playoffs to Weber State last year. We got that monkey off our back. Came back and repeated as conference champions. We beat Weber during the regular season, got that monkey off our backs. Then we beat the only team that beat us during the year and got that monkey off our backs. Really torturing the metaphor there, guys. It's fine. It's a lot of monkeys. That's a lot of monkeys on your back. That's three of them. That's that's a lot. Are they and yet are they only okay? the second are they being fed properly and, and housed properly? Well that's the thing. O- only the second most monkeys involved with a with a team we've covered, because we covered South Alabama a bit ago. Yeah, yeah. only only five thousand people in the KB Dome for this game. Criminal. What? Oh it's a playoff game. Like, like so, you, like you said, what? during Thanksgiving. During Thanksgiving. Right. Okay, okay. All right, I give you Thanksgiving. Okay. They're all Next. home eating mashed potatoes. Next. Number two versus Northwestern State. They're heading up. From Nac- Natchitoches. Natchitoches, but okay. Natchitoches. Shout out They're to going Steel to- Magnolias and Fried Green Tomatoes. They're going to the Kibbe Dome the week after Thanksgiving. That's right. They're all full of the- mashed potatoes. And then I'm going to read this here. Uh, this is also from the sports editor. Idaho fans, you have your chance this weekend to represent your team like never before. And the results of how Vandal fans react may mean the difference between the Vi- Vandals <laughs> winning or losing. The Division 1-2A playoffs do not operate as most tournaments in regard to what team receives the home field advantage. Most tournaments award the higher-ranked team the home field if a predetermined site hasn't already been set. But in the 1-2A playoffs, money is the main determining factor. Mm. The team which brings in the most fans in consideration with the size of the playing facility receives the home field advantage for the next game. And if they win, this is an important situation for the Vandals. Mm-hmm. And That has been a problem that has hurt HBCUs in the FCS playoffs as well. That's right. Only 6,000 people show up to this game. What? 6,800. Mm. They win. Nice also, shout out to the bus drivers for Northwestern State for the 2,170-mile, 33-hour yep. drive. Idaho wins it 38-30 and, and yeah. has this thing kind of in hand. The biggest thing that happens is that they do let 
they do let Northwestern Louisiana get a 21 point second quarter. Oh, which what did, made it that? a little spicy, but it was fine. What's that drive home like for Northwestern after that game? Northwestern State, sorry. Long because way. that can't be fun. Not fun at all. Personally, myself, I've been on drives that are about six hours long after we just got like obliterated. It's not fun. I can't imagine what, 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 how long did you say? 33. 33. That's 33 driven straight. I assume that they stopped. Stop for gas. That's about it, right? At least in food and whatnot. And, and also 88. So your Walkman batteries are only lasting so long. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, basically you're trying to flip the, the Energizer Bunny batteries as, as far as you can. Whenever rolling they them stop, around, rolling them. Whenever they stop, they, you, you're kind of done, and you're listening to your cassette tapes. You, you stop to use the restroom at whatever gas station it was. There's there's no Bucky's back in the day. There, I mean, really, you are in Montana. No, I mean, like you're going through nothing. from Moscow. Like, oh my god, it's like nothing there. Do we all have really good vibes about Idaho right now? Like, oh. it's been like, their first eleven win season. Yeah. And their first double-digit win season in history. This is great, right? Mm-hmm. Don't hurt me. Okay, remember this feeling. Uh, because here's where the wheels come off. And Commission knows where this is going. Mm. First, two fo- Idaho football players are going to be out due to testing positive for steroids. What the fuck do you have to do in 88 <laughs> to get tested positive for steroids? They were on, they had to be on that stuff that kills French cyclers. <laughs> like it's it's literal rat poison, not like metaphorical rat poison. They were actually just taking rat poison. Oh my god! And then, and then John Freeze goes down with an ankle injury late in the third against Northwestern State. Oh no! And could he do it? Could he come back the next week? If it were in Idaho, maybe. But they had to go to Furman. They traveled cross country as the higher seed. They traveled cross country to Furman and. Things do not end well. An even longer drive. An even longer drive. What, what's the drive? Although I gotta say, From Moscow to uh, thirty-seven hours, thirty-seven hours, two thousand five hundred and four miles. Although shout out to Furman oh for D and D classes as your mascots. The X-rays showed no breaks. It was just a bad sprain, maybe some strained ligaments. He couldn't stand on it on Saturday, but they had it suspended. They used. Uh, tiny electrical shocks so whatever proto tins machine they had in 88 but they had to get on the buses or if it wasn't a bus it was a plane i don't know what it was probably a bus and they had to go to Furman. and guys it did not go well idaho fires blanks without big guns 30 they lost 38 to 7 they get run off the field basically the university of idaho quarterback andy benita faced a thousand reporters with reddened eyes he looks like he experienced the nightmare quarterback John Freeze spoke of after watching the Vandals lose 38 to 7 to Furman on Sunday. It was just like a bad dream. You can try to wake up from it, but you just can't do it. The All-American quarterback Freeze watched the game from the sidelines, unable to play with a sprained ankle. UI Dream ends year with a nightmare. So much for so-called Southern hospitality. <laughs> Furman's defense made for an uncomfortable day for the University of Idaho, and the Paladins' offense was like a runaway pinball. Running bats bouncing off numerous obstacles to earn the to earn an extra game. The Paladins ran up 320 rushing yards, grounding the Vandals 38-7 on Saturday. The Vandals are used to being passed on in the big sky, but Idaho forgot. But Idaho got run over. 
Then lastly, Furman advances to, sm- to final. Mash the potatoes was a sign at the game. I like how we have the dichotomy of cultural bull writer. We've got the northerner who says so much for southern hospitality. And we've got the southerner saying mash the potatoes. Mm-hmm. So this is how the playoffs end that year. Furman actually ends up being national championship at the four seed, beating Georgia Southern in Pocatello. So if you're going to lose, lose the champion, I guess. Dude, I that just... Is- I love that they made Furman and Georgia Southern schlep yep. all the way out to Pocatello. <laughs> there was there was lots of writer talk about how stupid that is. There's also a really great bit. I didn't throw it in here, but I'll talk about it for a second. The uh, Keith, the coach, uh, Keith Gilbertson, was very much a believer in this playoff is a stupid thing. This playoff is stupid. We should have bowls like everyone else does because it means that not everyone can end this season with a win. Mm. That you have to end this great season this way, and that sucks. And there was also a little bit of talking in one of the articles that was like, good thing, you know, the the D1A will never go to a playoff. They wouldn't do something as stupid as this. <laughs> well, but also, point of order, um, he does understand that there is necessarily a loser of a bowl game. He, he thinks he would win that bowl game, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the bowl game would have been, theoretically, Idaho, Georgia, Southern in what? Oh, whatever the probably the Texas, whatever the Texas one was, that yeah, was the closest yeah. one. Whatever the, the one in Wichita Falls that they had a couple times. We just, just call it the Justice Bowl, whatever. <laughs> so this is in school pro, in program history. This is basically the high point. There was in '93 they made the semi the semifinals again and came up short again. This was under John L. Smith, Arkansas legend. They did lose to McNeese State in that. They got up a lot in, in the series. Those are the only two 11 win seasons, or the only two double digit wins wins in the season. This one was slightly more interesting just because of how it started. It started, it looked so bad to begin with, and then they really just pick it up. So Eric, Dennis Erickson started the the Vandals renaissance. Keith Gilbertson keeps it going for another three years. Keith Gilbertson leaves this job to take an O-line job at Washington, which is weird, but back in the day, that was definitely seen as sort of the way you do it. And after Keith Gilbertson, John L. Smith, took the Vandals to another six playoff appearances. And then and then it drops off because then we have the Vandals in the Sun Belt, the Vandals in the Whack, the Vandals in the Sun Belt, and then the Vandals in the Big Sky. And this mean, is 20 years later where we're just sort of picking this up. I have a lot of fond memories when the Vandals came to Monroe, Louisiana. They were a fun football team to play against in, in Monroe. Just I think I got to see them twice in Monroe in like the early 2000s. They jawed back and forth with the student section pretty well <laughs> and they were just a lot of fun to to watch in monroe and they really didn't fit in the Sun Belt, but they didn't care and they were just having a great time out there there's an interesting where this where the timeline split is uh idaho and sunbelt versus uh ucf in the mac yeah <laughs> where where like in the moment that seemed like similar scenarios but then UCF just went up, 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 and Idaho is back in the big sky. That's kind of up from where they were, to be honest. Shout out to the alternate universe also that we almost got where TCU was a Big East member. I still think about yeah. that sometimes. <laughs> Boise State I, is a Big East member as well, right? I remember San Diego State. State because uh, yeah. I think so stupid. I know my in-laws were like, well, it's east of Reno. <laughs> East of China, and me, the damn East Coaster was like, "Wait, what?" (laughs) Gets a map out. Oh my god! Yeah, that's weird. That's a diagonal coast, guys. Well, folks, that's where we are. 
with Idaho. I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was their best season of all time, 1988. And hopefully Coach Eck has them on the rebound. They have been to the they went to the playoffs last year. And I think that they'll keep making those pro- that progress. They got they got some preseason hype to them. I think they've been ranked either fourth or fifth in two different we- preseason uh, FCS polls. So I don't know. Maybe the Vandals got some cooking. Got some cooking this year. I'm worried now because SickoCon 26 might be preempted by a playoff game. Okay, folks. What we got for tonight? We will see everyone on Sunday.